the Broncos, the organization, they wanted to do something to make sure that the recognition was given to the right place, and I appreciate that greatly. Our goal was to get as much awareness out as possible for all sorts of cancers, not just colorectal, not just breast cancer, all different kinds of cancers. We can do more. Welcome to the SC Featured Podcast. I'm Jen Latta. Throughout the month of October, for the eighth straight year, the NFL has emphasized its annual Crucial Catch campaign in partnership with the American Cancer Society. 2017 marks the first year that all 32 NFL teams expand their efforts from just fighting breast cancer to fighting multiple types of cancer through early detection and risk reduction. As our Chris Connolly tells us, one of the biggest voices of this expansion came from Denver, where a man turned his own struggle into inspiration for thousands of people he will never meet. Sports Authority Field at Mile High. It is a playing surface of pure Kentucky bluegrass. And starting in 2010, it's every blade, the pride and joy and protectorate of assistant turf manager Luke Kellerman. We don't let people fuck on the grass. Everybody has gotten that backlash at some point, but what we do is we yell at you. My goal is to not walk on it at all. You have to love the grass. On a late summer afternoon in 2015, on the field that he tended to so faithfully, Luke took a call from his doctor. I remember perfectly, I was sitting in the north, northwest corner of the field and you started getting up. Sorry. Um, get enough random calls on your phone that you have to start answering all of them. You don't know what the next one is going to be. He told his wife, Katie, that he had been diagnosed with colorectal cancer. It had spread to other parts of his body. That moment of sheer panic just comes in and you're like, what, what do I do now? It definitely leaves me a little bit breathless thinking about it. Just, it's such a shocking thing to hear at our age. As Luke embarked upon treatment, the Broncos season lifted his spirits. He went to Super Bowl 50 and was given a Super Bowl ring. Eager to help others, Luke sent a proposal to team management, which became Fight Like a Bronco, honoring on the field survivors of all cancers and promoting early cancer detection. The team donated $60,000, which would provide 12,000 people with additional screening opportunities. Cancer in people our age, you know, early 30s, um, late 20s, that is on the rise. And usually people say don't start getting checked out until you're, you know, in your early 40s. But that's not the case anymore. We just wanted to get awareness out. 
that we can do more. On October 13, 2017, as Luke sat in his wheelchair at team headquarters, he was honored by the Broncos, including team president John Elwood. Luke, Mr. Elwood, how are you? Good, buddy. How you doing? Good. Good to see you. Thanks for coming down. Oh, still work? <laughs> I'm coming to work. Boy, I like to hear it. Head coach Vance Joseph visited, as did Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. More players paid tribute to Luke personally. Oh, thank you guys for everything. Proud to work for you guys. So, thank you for everything. There were handshakes and a football autographed by the team, presented by running back C.J. Anderson. We just want to thank you for everything that you've done. You are a huge part of this organization. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Keep fighting, man. We're here with you. It was probably the best moment of Luke's life. I know it meant the world to both of us. I mean, it just makes me so happy, so appreciate it, guys, and just keep on going out there and winning. Love it. Broncos on three. One, two, three. Broncos! Broncos on three, you know. I've seen that a million times. And they gave me the opportunity to do that. And it was, I mean, it was right up there with saying, I do, you know, I'm sorry, but. <laughs> That's cool to me. In hospice care, with Katie at his side, Luke wanted to share his story and his wishes with the world, knowing that every moment mattered. It's scary knowing that I'm probably going to... I'm not going to have enough time for everything I want. But, um... We're doing the best we can. Exactly. We're just going day by day. During halftime of the Broncos' Week 6 game, on the field that he had cared for so well, joining cancer survivors who had assembled there, Luke heard cheers meant for him alone. Tonight we dedicate halftime to Luke as he continues his battle. He's the most inspirational person I've ever met. I don't know many people that can go through what he's gone through and still be so adamant about getting the word out or raising awareness. He's my hero. Seven days after his interview, on the morning of October 26, 2017, Luke Kellerman died. He was 34 years old. There needs to be 34-year-olds that get stuff like this, which sucks. But it needs to happen in order for change. This cancer stuff, we're ready for it to be done with and hopefully touch as many people as we possibly can. That's our goal. Still to come on the SC Featured Podcast, I'll talk to the producer of this piece, Chris Schwartz. But first, for all our listeners on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe so we're easy to find. And as a reminder, you can always get alerts sent right to your phone by making the SC Featured Podcast a favorite in the ESPN app. 
After he was diagnosed, he decided that since he does have a platform to raise awareness, that he would try and make a difference. Our goal was purely just to make sure that, hey, go get screened. It's as far as it has to be. Call your doctor. And that's it. That's all we really wanted out of this whole thing. You're listening to the SC Featured Podcast. I'm Jen Latta. I'm joined now by Monday Night Countdown feature producer Chris Schwartz, who worked on this story about Luke Kellerman and his wife, Katie. First of all, Chris, a very emotional piece, obviously, as Luke lost his battle with cancer. Let's begin with why you think his story is so impactful. Well, he was so passionate about things. He, uh, he truly loved his job. He loved his team, loved his wife, his family, and he really just loved life. He knew he didn't have much time left, and he and Katie, they wanted to do the interview to get his story out so they could try to help as many people as they could by helping others and bringing awareness to cancer so that other people could get checked earlier for cancer was his big initiative. His love of the Denver Broncos was so obvious. And of course, the pride he took in his job, so clear. Why the Broncos? Where did that love come from? Well, he was born in the Denver area in uh, 1983, the same year that John Elway was drafted. So you see pictures of him in Bronco shirts early on. And, you know, there was heartbreak when they would lose the Super Bowls. And then in the late 90s, then uh, they won the back-to-back Super Bowls as well. And he actually foresaw what he was going to be doing when we talked about that in his interview. The Broncos have always been a part of my life, but it got to the point where I wanted to do more. I wanted to work for them. And back in high school, my dad was like, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, for some capacity, I would love to work for the Broncos. And I just don't know what that is yet, but... I would just love it. And my passion just kind of came with turf management and it just kind of fell in line. Yeah. I don't know a lot of people who are able to take that and turn it into a job in turf management. Certainly there are a lot of places in this country where it is much easier to grow grass than in Denver, Colorado. So I applaud him for uh, accepting the challenge of that job. We learn about stories in all different sorts of ways. How did this story come about? Well, we were looking for story ideas for the Broncos Chiefs Monday night game, and I found an article and video clip that the Broncos had put out on their website, and it showed Luke being surprised at their headquarters by players. C.J. Anderson and and Von Miller came up, Coach Vance Joseph, John Elway, and and Luke was very emotional when he received a, a team ball signed by everyone. You could hear it in his voice, how much he cared about the organization and the team. He was honored two days later as well at halftime of that Broncos game for his efforts with helping to create the Fight Like a Bronco celebration. And you could just tell he was very committed to uh, his beliefs. You know, he contacted the Broncos and their public relations department, and they reached out to Katie and Luke and asked them if they would be willing to share their story. And they did, and we were uh, in their home three days later for the interview. It's always incredible when people are so willing to open up their private space, their homes, to tell these types of stories. 
you said that they were willing to allow you guys in right away. So three days later, you're sitting with them. What was that like? Katie was a blessing, really, because we talked on the phone the night before, and we discussed how we would do the interview, what the piece would be about. Luke was in a hospital bed at that point under hospice care. So we decided everybody would be more comfortable if Luke did the interview from his bed and Katie was beside him in the in the couch. It worked out well. Um, we've done interviews that have been pretty powerful when a husband and wife are together. They feed off of one another and, and the emotion and they can help each other. And that was the case with these two because they really were perfect together and uh, felt like one. Yeah, the love and support of a spouse makes a huge difference in these types of stories when someone is struggling with a health crisis like Luke was. And Katie's devotion was so evident in the piece. Um, I feel like, you know, on some level, he was very lucky to have her as he went through this challenge. How did the two of them meet? Well, in 2005, they were both working in Littleton, Colorado for Parks and Rec and Katie described Luke as the, quote, turf guy who was taking care of the baseball fields at the time. And she was, quote, the athletic front desk girl. And uh, actually asked them whether it was love at first sight, and they told a pretty funny story. It was one of those things that we met and we talked, and he told me he was moving to California to go to school. And the day we met, he told me that, and I was like oh, God, I hope he doesn't move. <laughs> so that was, I wouldn't say love at first sight, but I knew I didn't want him to go anywhere right after I met him. Well, and I, I won't call it love at first sight either, but I didn't want to go to California too much more after that. So um, it was, there was a connection for sure, but yeah, um, she has been perfect for me. So Luke obviously loves his wife. You can tell that in their interactions in the piece. But he also really loved his job as the assistant turf manager for the Broncos Stadium. What I love about the turf of the field is finding out why does one game impact the field so much more than the other games. I guarantee 95% of the turf managers in the NFL watch the game and then record it and watch it when they get home because they don't watch any of the game when they're at the stadium. Because what they're doing, and Ross Kirkhead, my old boss, taught me this well, you're watching from the knees down. You're watching how the grass plays. And you're not watching how the ball interacts with the players. I mean, every once in a while, yeah, you pick your head up. You're like, oh, that's an awesome play. That's fantastic. But more often than not, you're seeing how the players interact with the surface that you put out as a job. That turf is his baby, and he loves it. It's part of who you are. My boss, Chris, feels it more than I do. Just that responsibility for that 88,000 square feet. It's not like a lot of other people's jobs where you can go and go home and forget about it. Because grass does not stop growing. Got to cut grass in the wintertime still. I mean, got to plow snow still, even if the team is done for the year. And it just happens. Yeah, but it's a ahead. pretty big deal to him. It's his yeah. main priority. <laughs> Not main priority, one, <laughs> and then everything else. There were some things that Luke would do when he was at that field that most people would not like to do. These are chores to most people, like mowing. 
Mowing is my absolute favorite thing to do on that field. I love putting in stripes. Like, it is fun for me to get a straight line as possible. I mean, we call it throwing darts because, I mean, that's the goal is to get out there and you throw as straight as line as possible. And you give the other guy, if there's a little a little banana in there, you give him a little bit of crap for it. <laughs> it does make me wonder, though, if he actually enjoyed mowing his own yard. Maybe it was good practice for him. I don't know. I don't know a lot of people that enjoy mowing. But then again, I've not met a lot of people who have this type of passion for their work. And it's funny because you don't really think much about the turf maintenance at football fields, and yet it's so important. And when the field is not maintained well, it's something that you hear about all the time. I worked in Chicago for several years, and the conditions of Soldier Field were always being discussed. Opponents were always coming in talking about how difficult it was and how worried they were about getting injured because of some of the issues on the field. So while it seems like something that's probably often overlooked. I can see why this would be an important element in game preparation for teams and why they would want someone like Luke, who cares so much about his job, to be on the assignment. We talked earlier, Chris, about his youth, just 32 years old when he learned that he had cancer. How did he and Katie find out? Well, he said in late 2014 that he just wasn't feeling well, like he had the flu every day. And after multiple misdiagnosis, uh, they went to the ER. They had about eight to ten doctor's visits. Finally, in September of 2015 at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, they diagnosed it correctly as stage four colorectal cancer. As Katie said, he was so young, doctors really weren't looking for cancer. So Luke went through surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, a clinical trial, and they said that during the time that they were in the clinical trial, Luke's cancer grew and basically spread everywhere to his lungs and bone and was at a place where doctors couldn't stop it. So on September 20th, 2017, they recommended ceasing treatment, and the Kellermans were told Luke probably only had a few months to live, and so they took a trip to Grand Canyon right away and, and got some wonderful photographs. He was honored by the Broncos at their headquarters and at halftime of that game. And Luke and Katie really spent almost all that time together. She would sleep on the couch next to him and the bed in the living room. And then on October 26th, that's when he passed away. Luke and Katie did this interview one week before that. And I can't stress how gracious they were to spend time with me and share their story with the world in hopes that it would impact others for the better. And they're truly amazing people. Absolutely. To know that you had such little time left together and to choose to spend even a portion of that time with our crews and with you, Chris, in the hopes of impacting one person perhaps, or getting the word out to multiple people. It really shows that they, uh, they're, they're good people, and I'm so glad that you got a chance to tell this story. Luke's legacy will live on in the Fight Like a Bronco initiative. How did that come about? Well, Luke wrote a proposal, and it was mainly based on how a lot of men's cancers weren't being publicized by the NFL. And he was impacted by how Major League Baseball uses the color blue and with their blue bats and blue ribbons on Father's Day to bring awareness to prostate cancer. And he really wanted to do something like that in the NFL and it expanded 
far beyond that. He took it to the Broncos and it went beyond men's cancers and became all cancers for the most part. He explained how it came together in 2016. The NFL is such a huge monster of a business, and we have that ability to reach millions and millions and millions of people. So the proposal itself was to get more cancers recognized rather than just breast cancer. So instead of doing breast cancer awareness in October, he was presenting to have all the cancers covered. Right. In a nutshell, right? Because it's, I mean, obviously you can't, the NFL season is only so long. You can't get to all the months like um, colorectal cancers is in March. So obviously we're not playing in March, even if you do reach the Super Bowl. We have the ability to reach so many more people than just breast cancer. And with me being diagnosed, I wanted something, especially for men. They turn it into fight like a Bronco. Because when I gave him the proposal, it was nothing. I mean, it it was literally just an idea. Yeah. And it shows that if you work for the right people, the right place, that they'll listen to you. And they'll get the right idea to the right people. And they'll get that idea to people that make a difference. And we were lucky enough to have that chance to do so. Now it's league-wide. I know, Chris, that you have done countless features for ESPN in your time with the company. I imagine that this feels different than most because a person who you just spent time with, who I'm certain impacted your life in some way, has passed on just days after you got to spend time with them. How are you feeling after doing this feature? I just feel um, sympathy and condolences for Katie and, and Luke's family and Katie's family and, and all the people with the Broncos that are so close to him. And, you know, I'm just thankful that I was able to, to meet him. And, you know, I hope I become a better person because of Luke. You know, personally, I mean, some of the things that he, that he said made an impact, whether it's, you know, eating better is going to be better for you. And living a healthier lifestyle is one thing that he said in his interview. I'm sure I'm not the only one that that's going to happen to as people will hear Luke's story as it goes on and on. Chris Schwartz, thank you so much for sharing your experience telling Luke Kellerman's story. I think it's going to reach a lot of people who will be moved by his passion for his life, for his wife, for his job, and for the Denver Broncos. And thank you to all of you for listening to this SC Featured Podcast. Until next time, I'm Jen Latta.